Gravity had a good run, but it's time to feel the weightlessness of the Brooks Glycerin 21. These running shoes feature nitrogen-infused DNA Loft V3 cushioning. Brooks has even magnified the plushness to elevate the softness to new levels. And if you want extra support, find these same features in the Brooks Glycerin GTS 21. Learn more and shop now at brooksrunning.com. That's brooksrunning.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, 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 what's good, good people? Welcome back to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It's your boy, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at RayGQ. If this is your first time checking out the content on YouTube, I appreciate you. Thank you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. That thumbs up button shows that you like it, recommends it for other people. So I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening in your car, your truck, on your way to work, whatever the case may be, make sure you smash that subscribe button on the podcast as well. But week seven, NFL in the books, rookie report. Man, we got a lot of new entries that we've got to get to. We got to talk about your boy GQ was over here feeling like shit. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's not going to hold me down. I'm still going to bring you what you need in order to position your fantasy teams and your dynasty rosters for long and short term success. So I just got to say this, man. I've got to say this at this point, at this point, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, and T Higgins are absolute ballers. These guys are 
are studs. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are superstars. They are superstars in the making. Today, I put a poll out on Twitter. If we were in a dynasty startup right now, screw preseason, screw all of that shit. Dynasty startup right now. Who would you rather have on your dynasty rosters? Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert? And right now, it's about 60-40, which I'm actually shocked that it's that close. I'm shocked that Herbert has got that much steam on Lamar Jackson, where in the preseason, we were talking about Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, and there were some people who said Lamar Jackson. So although we know he was not going to replicate what he did in his MVP season last year, but damn, 60-40, Herbert? I mean, that's that's crazy, man. But these two, Burrow and Justin Herbert, are their budding superstars. Joe Burrow last week, 406 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and then he also gave you 34 yards on the ground and a touchdown in that category. Once Cincinnati gets an offensive line, man, once they get an offensive line, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're talking about legitimately top seven, top six dynasty quarterback in Justin Herbert. He's that good. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on these players because we have so many new entries, but I just want to say that if you have a if you're in a position to trade for Joe Burrow, I'm in a couple of leagues now where I've been offered Burrow for Trevor Lawrence, and in that case, I'm holding T Law. I'm holding T Law. Probably hold Fields as well, but Herbert's a superstar. I mean, Burrow's a superstar, and so is Justin Herbert. Man, 27 for 43, 347, three touchdowns, no interceptions, nine carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he's 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 not he's not nearly as mobile as a Lamar Jackson. So let's go ahead and cut the crap right now. It's not the case, but he's much more mobile than a Joe Burrow. He's he's got more of a threat, legitimate threat with his legs. And at six foot six, I mean, this dude can move, and he's got a cannon of an arm. He's really, really, really good. You know, Konami code type quarterback. When you got a quarterback that's giving you sixty six and one on the ground carrying the ball nine times. I mean, he's not going to be a Josh Allen. He's not going to be a Lamar Jackson, but you give Herbert, you know, five to six rushes a game, let him do his thing through the air, superstar in the making, top 12 dynasty quarterback. Now, this player, I'm going to be honest, I'm coming around on more and more as we go on. And the approach that you have to have in these leagues is a Bayesian approach. You can't be such a prisoner of take lock that you prevent yourself from actually seeing good players in good situations with opportunity to score you fantasy points because the name of the game is the win. Name of the game is the win, not hold on to your stupid-ass take that you had in September and August. And James Robinson, folks, I'll say this. If I were on a team and somebody offered me a first-round pick in 2021+, plus, which that's what James Robinson has gone for over the past couple of weeks, I probably still would accept it. But James Robinson, there's no doubt he is the man for 2020, period. Barring injury, he's the guy, primary ball carrier, running back one for the remainder of the season. If Jacksonville goes in a different direction organizationally, new coach, whatever the case, that's where things get a little murkier. And I know a lot of people who talk about selling James Robinson. I have done that myself, you know, trading him away is because of the uncertain future of undrafted free agent running backs. Running back is just such a replaceable position. Like, think about it. A couple of years ago, Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate, and then he's cut, and now he's kind of like just a middling running back on the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I know he's had some good, really good weeks, but 
no one's viewing Todd Gurley in the same light that we viewed him a couple of years ago. So things can change really quick for the running back position. But James Robinson, 119 yards on the ground, 22 carries, one touchdown, and then he's still being targeted in the passing game. Six targets, four receptions. Even though he only picked up 18 yards, give me those four points in PPR leagues plus the plus the point point one point eight, you know, that he got you through the air. And it's just and he had a two point conversion in this game. James Robinson is good. He's a good back, and there's nothing that anybody I've seen say otherwise that he's a bad running back. It's just not trusting the situation long term. But James Robinson, if he is the guy moving forward, he is a he's a very very talented running back. I've got him in that star category along with T. Higgins. And while Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green paced the Bengals in targets with 13 apiece last Sunday, uh, T. Higgins, once again, 5 for 71, one touchdown. He's just consistent, man. 5 for 70, 4 for 60 in a tub, you know, 6 for 60. Like, T. Higgins is legit. Now, A.J. Green coming back to life, showing some signs of, uh, of old A.J. Green will sort of limit T. Higgins is upside, but they're throwing the ball more than any other team in the NFL. So T. Higgins is still going to see his fair share of targets, his fair share of volume. And if Burrow continues to look his way once they get in those money zone situations inside the red zone, inside the 20 yard line, T. Higgins can make his hay. He's a big play guy, uh, developing a relationship with Burrow. So good things ahead for T. Higgins. Definitely still a, a, a star, budding star in the making. And finally, I begged for it for like three weeks. We've all asked for it for so long. Antonio Gibson, thank you, Washington. Give this man the ball. And what was crazy about this game is it started out with Peyton Barber taking all these doggone carries. And I was just like, here we go again. Versus Dallas. This was like smash spot for Gibson. And they're giving Peyton Barber the ball right off the rip. He finished with 10 carries for 34 yards. Pathetic. Antonio Gibson, 20 for 128 and one TD. And he wasn't even, he didn't even catch a pass, only one target. So we still haven't seen the full capabilities of an Antonio Gibson. But to see him get the workload in the backfield versus the Dallas defense, I get it. Ain't very good defense. But Antonio Gibson looks like, I mean, he looks like a top 15 running back. So excited to see that. Happy for Gibson, star, 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 Herbert, Burrow, superstar status with those two. But next up, next up, and a lot of people gave this player shit. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Zach Moss, running back for the Buffalo Bills. Zach Moss, in week seven, commanded a 47.1% snap share, had seven carries. He ran 16 routes, was targeted three times, had three receptions, 72 total yards, scored us 10.2 fantasy points. Devin Singletary, 55.7% of the snaps, eight carries, so only one more carry than Zach Moss, 17 routes, one more route than Zach Moss, two receptions, one fewer reception, and 47 total yards, 6.7 fantasy points. Watching that game versus the Jets, Zach Moss looked like the more explosive and better running back of the two. He did. He's bigger. He looked more explosive. Singletary's just a guy, man. I I really believe if you want to get ahead of the game and get ahead of the curve, then dismiss all of the preseason chatter about Zach Moss stinking and not being good. Go out and acquire Zach Moss now while you still can. And from one of my patrons, one of my patrons has a buddy that coaches for the Bills or is somewhere around there, I'll say that, and told him and he told me, that Zach Moss is the running back you want to own in Buffalo. So, 
take that with a grain of salt. You do with that information what you will. But I'm trying to acquire Zach Moss on the low before it's a full hostile takeover in that backfield. So I know it's a little frustrating with Josh Allen running the ball as much as he does. But if you are going to have a running back in this backfield on your team, I do believe that we're starting to see the changing of the guard. And the rookie running back, Zach Moss, is a is a sound investment at cost right now. So Zach Moss, definitely a rookie riser for me. All right, the next rookie I want to dive into is Marquez Callaway from the New Orleans Saints. And without Michael Thomas and without Emmanuel Sanders, I really thought, I really thought that Traquan Smith was going to be the guy. He was going to step up, be the guy once again, and that was not the case. Marquez Callaway had almost a 70% snap share, ran 34 routes, commanded 10 targets, 8 receptions for 75 yards. Callaway's a talented receiver, man. Callaway's a talented receiver, and we don't know how long Emmanuel Sanders is going to be out. And I heard something interesting today. I was listening to the Locked On Dynasty podcast with Ryan McDowell and Matt Williamson, and they talked about some of these players coming off of this COVID list and maybe not being fully ready to play, how that could affect those guys. So Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, tested positive for COVID. We don't know how severe or not that was. But if he comes back and he's diminished or he slowed down, Callaway showed that he can go out there, command the targets, deliver with the receptions, get us receiving yards, and score us fantasy points. So with Michael Thomas, oh, slant guard Mike, man. Slant guard Mike. I don't know if it's his hamstrings, his ego, his behind, whatever it is. Dude is out there, is not out there. You know, one of, you talk about bust for the fantasy season. I'm not going to consider Saquon Barkley a bust. He tore his ACL week one. I mean, damn, unfortunate, but not a bust. Michael Thomas, I mean, you know, injuries, and then he's got all this other stuff going on. I mean, good grief, man. Like, it's just it's just really unfortunate what's going on in New Orleans with a player that we drafted so high. But Marquez Callaway definitely seems like he would be a primary target of Drew Brees if Michael Thomas and or Emmanuel Sanders continue to miss time. Speaking of missing time, the Cleveland Browns have a pair of pass catchers who are definitely going to be elevated due to the fact that Odell Beckham tours ACL. OBJ's done. OBJ's done, and right now Austin Hooper is also on the shelf, so insert Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic University, was the Mackey Award winner as the nation's top tight end last year, and he's been delivering. He's been delivering without Austin Hooper. He's been on the field not just this past game, but throughout the weeks he's been playing. You know, 70% snap share, 38% snap share versus Indy, 40% versus Pitt, and then versus Cincinnati, 76.5% snap share. He ran 14 routes, was targeted five times. Two of those times that he was targeted was in the red zone, four receptions, 56 yards, two TDs. While we can't predict the touchdowns, the fact that there's no OBJ, there's no Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant and Baker Mayfield seem to have a pretty decent chemistry, and that would be of the two players. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is another player that I'm going to talk about, but you still have Jarvis Landry and Rashard Hollywood-Higgins and Baker Mayfield. They always seem to have chemistry whenever he comes on the field. So if I had to pick between one of the two Cleveland pass catchers, it would be Harrison Bryant. He will be the starting tight end. I know David Njoku got in the end zone as well, but Harrison Bryant has shown well in every game that he's played in. I've got a lot of interest in Bryant for seasonal leagues as well as dynasty leagues. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, I told people to pick him up about three weeks ago. Once they activated him and he was returning punts and kicks, 
He's dynamic, man. He was he was a highly talented recruit coming out of high school. Michigan has done a horrible job of developing talent over the past couple of years, but he has the talent to be a playmaker if he got the opportunity. And about three weeks ago, I just said, hey, just stash. If you got taxi space, stash Donovan Peoples-Jones. And now with no OBJ, with no Hooper, there is volume to be had. DPJ, if you've got a deep bench spot, if he's on your waiver wire, he's definitely somebody, a rookie, that you need to go acquire. As well as LaMichael P. Ryan. No Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is in Kansas City. Frank Gore, the corpse of Frank Gore, is still being trotted out there, folks. But LaMichael P. Ryan, 73% snap share, had 11 carries. Three of those carries came in the red zone, ran 11 routes, had three targets, two receptions, 55 total yards, and one touchdown, 13.5 fantasy points. I know investing in Jets is probably not a great bet, but somebody has to run the ball. Somebody has to catch the ball. And I'm not banking on Frank Gore to be that guy long term. Really not really banking on the Michael P. Ryan to be that guy long term. But in seasonal leagues and in dynasty leagues, if you're in a pinch and you need a running back to throw out there, he's going to get carries. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get targets. The Michael P. Ryan is another one of those players that you can target on the low, and you might be able to throw out there to give you some usable fantasy weeks. Now, if I were going to bet on the Jet, and the buy low opportunity is probably a little bit gone, but you probably still can get this player, it's Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims was a top six wide receiver for me, top seven wide receiver for me, pre-draft and post-draft. He's been injured the entire like training camp, first half of the season, both of his damn hamstrings. What don't don't how that happened, but both of his hamstrings were tore up. But in his first game back, think they're gonna ease him into the game? No, Adam Gates said, get your ass out there. You're playing big dog. 97.8% snap share, ran 12 routes out of the slot. Uh, 26 routes in total, 100% route participation, had seven targets, four receptions, 42 yards, versus Tredavious White was the primary corner. So not only was it his first action in the NFL, he had to face an all-pro cornerback in Trey White. Now, the end of the stats, right, four for 42, don't sound great, but the seven targets, the snap share, the route participation, all bodes well for Denzel Mims. And unfortunately, Bashar Perryman took a filthy hit, and he's probably going to miss this week with a concussion. Jamison Crowder didn't play last week, but he should be back this week. It's going to be Crowder. It's going to be Mims. Mims is a player that I'm not just interested in for this season, but in Dynasty long term, because the Jets are going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, and they're going to probably take Trevor Lawrence. So Denzel Mims, Trevor Lawrence, long term, seems like a good pairing. So if you can go out there and acquire Denzel Mims, I think that would be a sound play. Now, three other players that I want to talk about that didn't quite make it enough to be a riser, but they should be on our radars are Jermichael Hasty, And we talked about him going into last week. He played well, uh, didn't play as much as I thought he would. The fact that Jarek McKinnon wasn't even, you know, Shanahan said he didn't even plan on playing him this week. Um, but Jeff Wilson gets hurt. Looks like a pretty serious injury. I'm not sure. I think he's out for the season. And then Tevin Coleman is still hurt. And then Raheem Mostert is still hurt. Jamichael Hasty is going to have to receive some touches. And he looks explosive. And he's somebody that we need to be trying to get. Seasonal leagues and dynasty long term. Don't know, but he's worth a shot, right? The cost of acquisition probably isn't much. So you might as well. You could do a lot worse than taking a shot on Jamichael Hasty. Eno Benjamin, running back from the Arizona Cardinals. 
Talented runner at Arizona State, was prolific in the passing game as well as on the ground, over 1,600 yards, I believe, his sophomore season. Can catch the ball in the backfield. Tough runner, not the best athlete, but I think Eno Benjamin's a good fit for this offense. So with Kenyon Drake being lost for a couple of weeks with the torn ankle ligament, got Chase Edmonds. Don't worry about DJ Foster. He's trash. Eno Benjamin is the running back that you want to pick up. So keep him on the top of your waiver wire priorities or, you know what I'm saying, you know, try to trade for him in Dynasty on the low, Eno Benjamin. And Albert Okwebunam, 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 Albert O from the Denver Broncos. Listen, Fant's back, but he's not all the way 100%. Drew Locke is not very good. Jerry Judy is underperforming. Their best receiver is Tim Patrick. Albert O's is, is playing, man. And when he's getting targets and he's getting thrown the ball accurately, he doesn't look bad. You know, he doesn't look bad. So again, somebody that's not truly a true, true, true rookie riser right now, but somebody that we should have on our radars and just kind of continue to monitor that. And if you do believe in the talent of Albert O and you believe in that Denver Broncos situation, go trade for him in Dynasty. And just remember, Jalen Rager is coming off of the IR. Buy low window, buy low opportunity, slowly but surely closing on Jalen Rager. All right, that's it for this week seven edition of the Rookie Report. I appreciate you checking it out. Listen, let's let's play some of these monkey knife fight games together, okay? So go to monkey knife fight, first time deposits up to 50 bucks. They'll match you $50. So you get a hundred bucks to play with, more or less, over, under, all kind of crazy cool games like that. Win some cash in the process. So make sure you do that. Monkey knife fight, use the promo code Devi, up to 50 bucks, they match you. Good time, man. Who doesn't want free money? But I appreciate you checking it out. If you want to get my rankings, cornerstone rankings, all of that stuff, Debbie, we're talking college football all the time, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I appreciate y'all rocking with me, checking out the content, the rookie report, destination, Debbie, Ray GQ. Y'all have a damn good Wednesday, and I'll catch you later this week. Deuces. Ah.